You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church, and today I wanted to talk to you about victory over anger. There are a lot of people showing their anger today. A lot of people that are upset about so many different things. They're upset about politics. They're upset about COVID. They're upset about jobs and school and just so many other things, just upset. And I read this article in the Washington Post back in June. It says, Americans are living in a big anger incubator. Let me read it to you. Americans are angry. The country erupted into the worst civil unrest in decades after the death of George Floyd. An anger about police violence and the country's legacy of racism is still running high. At the same time, we're dealing with anger provoked by the coronavirus pandemic, anger at public officials because they've shut down parts of society, or anger because they aren't doing enough to curb the virus. Anger about being required to wear a mask or anger toward people who refuse to wear a mask. Anger at anyone who doesn't see things the right way. We're living, in effect, in a big anger incubator, said Raymond Novako, a psychology professor at UC Irvine. According to psychiatrist Joshua Morgenstein, the country is now dealing with three disasters superimposed on top of one another. The pandemic, the economic fallout, and civil unrest, he said. Certain, certainly, one way of responding and a common way of responding is anger. And there's a lot of anger going on in people's lives. So we need to be Christ followers that are slow to become angry and quick to be forgiving. And that's what we're going to talk about. That's what I'm going to talk about today. So um, when we are quick-tempered, the Bible says we do foolish things. Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered man does foolish things. We do foolish things that we often regret when we're quick-tempered. We say things that we often regret that we can't take back when we are quick-tempered. Anger is a strong emotion of irritation or agitation that occurs when a need or expectation is not met. You know, when we were children and we didn't get our needs met, maybe we threw ourselves down on the ground and had a temper tantrum or kicked something or, you know, um, and people are like, oh, well, you know, that's, can be expected because they're in the terrible twos or the terrible threes or the terrible teens or the terrible twenties. He's in the terrible fifties. Anyway, um, to be quick tempered can lead you to do foolish things. And we don't want to be doing that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, Proverbs 29, 22 says an angry person starts fights. A hot tempered person commits all kinds of sin. So uh, giving in to the emotion of anger can lead you down a path of regret and sinfulness and can lead you into a life that God can't bless and lead you into situations where you do damage to a lot of people. So we need to be slow to anger. Uh, the Lord is slow to anger. Psalm 145.8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. So it doesn't say that the Lord isn't angry. And the Bible doesn't say that we never should be angry. Matter of fact, if you look in the Old Testament, especially you see much about the wrath of God and how angry God was at his people for they were following other false gods and doing all sorts of things that angered, angered the Lord. So, um, but in our anger, we're not supposed to sin. In our anger, uh, we need to use that emotion to do good. 
Um, the Bible actually says in Proverbs 22, 24, that having hot-tempered friends isn't a good idea. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. So let me just uh, state some of the categories of anger. So first we have wrath. Okay, wrath is burning anger accompanied by a desire to avenge. Wrath often moves from the emotion of anger to the outward expression of anger. So God expresses his wrath as divine judgment in Romans 1.18. It says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So, wrath. Um, in April, there was a guy in Louisiana that uh, must have gotten in an argument with his mom uh, over his stimulus check, over his COVID-19 stimulus check. Now, I didn't see it. I wasn't there. But my guess is it was something like, Mom, where's my check? Where's my stimulus check? And she's probably like, I don't have it. It hasn't arrived yet. He's like, no, people are getting them. And, you know, this big argument. And then he gets all mad and he sets the shed on fire. It says 51-year-old Marvin Smith was squabbling with his mother over the federal payout when he intentionally ignited the shed. Witnesses told deputies Smith was inside the shed moments before smoke and flames began billowing from it. And then he fled. When the sheriff's department caught up with him, they uh, put him in jail for arson and with other crimes. So uh, now I don't think you're going to get angry and set the shed on fire. But I think you might get angry and set a bunch of relationships on fire. But uh, wrath is one. Anger is a wide umbrella. Um, there are many different types of anger and ways that we express our anger and things that we do. Indignation is another one. Uh, simmering anger provoked by something appearing unjust or unworthy and often perceived as justified. You know, Jesus became indignant when the disciples were preventing parents from bringing their children to Jesus so that he might touch and bless them in Mark 10, 14. Um, <clears throat> fury is a fighter anger, a fiery anger so fierce that it destroys common sense. The word fury suggests a powerful force compelled to harm or destroy. Some members of the Sanhedrin were so angry with Peter and the other apostles for proclaiming that Jesus was God that they were furious and wanted to put them to death in Acts 5. 33. You know, Proverbs 27 forces anger is cruel and fury is overwhelming. Rage is a blazing anger resulting in loss of self-control, often to the extreme of violence and temporary insanity. Often after an outburst of rage, people often say, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. Yet those who continue to vent their rage toward others, including toward God, find themselves defeated by their own destructive decisions and ruined relationships. Proverbs 19.3, a man's folly ruins his life, yet his heart rages against the Lord. So the search factory, an Australian-based marketing consulting company, wanted to determine the search volume for some of Google's strangest search requests. Using a process they called exact match targeting, they were able to collect the worldwide average monthly search volume for some random search queries. And here are some things that people search that just shows how angry they are. So uh, the number one search with 40,500 monthly searches was why did I get married? Uh, 14,800 were how to ask a guy out. So that's not that angry. 9,900 monthly searches on how to mend a broken heart. 
1,900 searches on how to get away with murder and 1,000 monthly searches on how to hide a dead body. So that was actually uh, taken in uh, 2014. I assume it's still the same way. So Ruth Bell Graham, Billy Graham's wife, said, I've never considered divorce, she said. But murder, yes, but not divorce. Anyway, pretty crazy. So we need to do all that we can to uh, keep our emotions in check. Uh, sometimes we are angry and we don't know why. Other times we know exactly why we are angry and we don't know what to do about it. And we need to bring that to the Lord. We need to uh, pray through that and ask the Lord to help us. Angry, that's not a sin. But what you do with your anger is, and holding on to anger is, and holding on to unforgiveness is, Jesus was angry. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. And then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save a life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. And the man held out his hand and it was restored. You know, God can use anger in our life. God can use anger when we go through difficult times. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance in James 1, verses 2 to 3. You know, anger can be used to bring about positive change in our lives. Anger can be the lens through which we gain insight into our past hurts. Anger can bring our true feelings to light. Anger can reveal our inappropriate ways of trying to meet our own needs and make us realize our need for the Lord. Anger can uncover your need to set healthy boundaries and be a foundation on which forgiveness is built. Anger can be the spark that encourages honest communication in relationships when appropriately verbalized. Anger can be used by God to convict others of sin when appropriately displayed. And anger, when it is appropriately handled, can be used by God to help change us and to transform us and to help us find healing. So we need to walk in the Lord and we need to allow the Lord to use our anger for good. And other people will be watching and seeing what we do when we go through the hard times, the difficult times, when we get angry. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. In your anger do not sin. So that means that anger must be appropriate at certain times. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, which means that anger has to become resolved at some point or it's sinful and that we can do things to curtail anger. Now, um, if you get in a fight at 4 p.m., does it mean that you need to uh, quickly uh, get forgiveness and uh, resolve that? by uh, sundown at 5.26 p.m. That might be unreasonable, but the general practice is to keep short accounts with your anger. One of the greatest things is when you are um, forgiven and forgiving the night before, then when you wake up, it's a new day, a new day of fresh starts. Don't hold that anger overnight. 
Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. So the devil can use anger as a way to uh, entangle us, to pull us down, to distract us, to ruin relationships, and to get in the way of what God wants us to do if we give the devil a foothold with anger. Number Verse 29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, when we are angry, we can say words that are inappropriate. We can gossip. We can slander. We can bring up past things that were supposed to be forgiven. Uh, Sometimes it's possible to get in a war of words and win that war, but totally lose the, the, the battle. So, yeah, you won that argument, and now you are all alone because everybody's mad at you. So, um, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved by the things that we say and the things that we choose to do and the attitude that we have and the unresolved anger and the unforgiveness. But... Um, we can be quick to forgive. We can uh, get rid of these things that cause trouble. So we need to uh, do all that we can to not um, get into a fight, to not get into a war of words, to not destroy people with our mouths or (laughs) worse, uh, with our actions. So, all right. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So to be kind and compassionate, to try to figure out why is that person so angry? And if we can, to have the maturity to just try to understand where they're at and not take, this is really easy to say and hard to do, not take their angry outbursts personally, not take the attack uh, personally, uh, not be so offended that you start a war. So, all right. Number two, why do we get angry? Often anger is like the check engine lights on the dashboard of our car, letting us know that something is wrong. We feel the emotion of anger. We feel anger well up inside of us. We might clench our fists or grit our teeth or turn red or, yeah, Here's some reasons why we are angry. We feel angry. One, because we feel hurt. Our heart is wounded. Everyone has a God-given inner need for unconditional love. When you experience rejection or emotional pain of any kind, anger can become a protective wall that keeps people and pain away. Joseph was the undisputed favorite of the 12 sons of Jacob. Feeling hurt and rejected by their father, the older sons became angry and vindictive toward their younger brother in Genesis chapter 37. So have you been hurt? Have you been rejected? Are you using anger as an excuse to avoid the future relationship? Are you using anger as a result uh, to... um, Are you using anger to get back at those people who have hurt you? So... We need to do all that we can to find help and healing from those hurts. Sometimes we carry around childhood hurts, and even when we're old, they still affect us in the way that we think about people and the way that we treat people. And sometimes the best thing that we can do is go to a Christian counselor and to talk that out and to uh, find ways to find healing and 
find help. You can also watch videos on Right Now Media. Uh, there's a lot of resources, self-help resources, but uh, you need to get over those hurts to be able to move on. Sometimes if you can identify what those hurts are, then that helps you to understand why you might be the way you are today and to uh, use that as a strength to help others. All right, number two, injustice. Injustice, when your right is violated. Everyone has an inner moral code that produces a sense of right and wrong, fair and unfair, just and unjust. When you perceive that an injustice has occurred against you or others, especially those whom you love, you may feel angry. If you hold on to the offense, the unresolved anger can begin to make a home in your heart. You know, in the Old Testament, King Saul unjustly treated David. Um, and King Saul's son, Jonathan, was David's best friend. When Jonathan, son of Saul, heard his own father pronounce a death sentence on his dear friend David, and he asked in 1 Samuel 20, verse 32, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father, but Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him, Jonathan. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the month, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David and injustice and we sometimes are angry because of injustice uh, someone else had something bad happen to them and that makes us angry <clears throat> number three fear and insecurity fear and insecurity makes you angry Everyone is created with a God-given inner need for security. When you begin to worry, feel threatened, or get angry because of a change in circumstances, you may be responding to fear. A fearful heart reveals a lack of trust in God's perfect plan for your life. Again, we go back to King Saul, and this time he is angry and feeling threatened because David comes back from war and is extremely popular. As a matter of fact, in 1 Samuel 18, 8, Saul was very angry. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. So there is... Uh, that form of anger. And maybe that's what we're experiencing today is so many people are afraid for the future about health and jobs and everything else. So number four, frustration. Frustration is another thing that causes us to be angry. Failing to accomplish an objective and ob failing to accomplish an objective can frustrate us to the point of anger. Frustration is basically a lack of patience. Proverbs 14, 29, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. I remember this kid that was in my youth group years ago. He was a cross-country runner. And so it was a big high school cross-country meet. All the schools were there. All the kids running. And this kid came in second. He came in second and he beat himself up so bad. He tore himself down so bad. He was so mad at himself for coming in second. And part of me is like, why are you so upset that you came in second? But me, I'd be like, I finished the race. I'm so happy I finished the race. But I totally understand how you could be frustrated, how you could push yourself um, down or, or think that you failed when you were so close to coming in first, but you came in second. I get that. And maybe by pushing himself in that way, he was a better athlete. But nonetheless, um, 
when our performance isn't accepted, when we uh, are feeling that kind of frustration, then that can cause us to uh, be angry. Everyone has a God-given inner need for significance. When your efforts are thwarted or you do not meet your own personal expectations, your sense of significant can be th- significance can be threatened. Frustration over unmet expectations of yourself or of others is a major source of anger. As a matter of fact, the first murder was caused by Cain. Both Cain and Abel brought offerings to God, but Cain's offering was clearly unacceptable. Cain had chosen to offer what he himself wanted to give rather than what God said was right and acceptable. And when Cain's self-effort was rejected, his frustration led to anger, and his anger led to the murder of his own brother in Genesis 4, 3 through 8. Uh, if somebody is all of a sudden really angry, there might be some uh, reasons. Uh, maybe you need to get that person to the doctor and try to figure out what's going on why they're so angry so changes in mood and behavior can result from drug abuse from head injury like a car accident or a fall or a concussion from sports uh, side effects from medication chemical deficiencies and hormonal imbalances certain illnesses or diseases brain tumor brain cancer or physical or emotional trauma or stress can cause people to be angry to feel angry to get angry and we're going through a time of incredible stress for so many people that might be a reason why so many people seem so angry sometimes we're frustrated with our relationship and walk with god because sometimes we feel that we don't measure up and other times we feel that god isn't providing or answering our prayer in the way that we want him to sometimes we expect immediate answers and we expect a life free of trouble and we don't always get that but god gives us what we need james 4 chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they come from your desires that battle within you you want something but don't get it you kill and covet but you cannot have what you want you quarrel and fight you do not have because you do not ask god and when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble so again uh, unrealistic expectations can cause us to be angry so I expected good things would always come my way, but life is clearly not what I expected. Can how many of the, how many of you can say that? Raise your raise your hand if life did not turn out as you expected in some areas. Um, anger toward others and God. I expected that you would always be here for me to always support and love me, but now I'm left alone. Or in anger towards God, now I feel alone, or I feel that uh, for some reason you've you've left me in this situation and I want you to rescue me. So be patient and wait. Wait on the Lord. Uh, so many times I look back and remember the times when I felt like, God, where are you? But then he showed up in an amazing way, in a way that I didn't even expect and provided the thing that I needed or the thing that I thought was such a struggle, such uh, going to be uh, something that was going to destroy my life. Uh, never happened. God has been so faithful to me. Anger toward myself. I expected to always excel, but now I am struggling and feel like a failure. You ever you ever felt that? Um, I think that sometimes we go through life with these ideals that we're going to do this, we're going to buy that, we're going to achieve this, and everything's going to work out great, and then certain things happen, happen in life, and that doesn't happen. Or we expect people to do certain things in a certain way. And when they don't do that, we get frustrated and we get angry and we try to control them. We try to manipulate them. Uh, If they work for us, we fire them. And anyway, 
uh, we need to uh, pray for them. We need to set good guidelines. We need to encourage them. Uh, there might be a time when you need to replace somebody, but uh, don't use anger as the tool to do it. So lay our expectations before the Lord and trust him for what he is doing. Maybe that thing that you're so angry that you didn't get is something that you totally don't need. It would be a distraction, uh, set you uh, off course for what God really has planned for your life. 2 Timothy 3 talks about these days that we live in, the last days. It says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. People will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So our expectations of people should be filtered by this lens that says people without Christ aren't going to behave and do the things that we hope that they're going to do. They're not going to be reliable and trustworthy uh, and wholesome. So the best thing that we can do is to pray for them and help lead them to Jesus. And when they come to Jesus, help them to grow in their faith. And as they are growing in God's word and empowered by their Holy, by the, by the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus, they will be kind they will hopefully become the kind of people that we long to be around, the kind of friends that we really want. So, all right, um, number three, ways to deal with anger. Ways to deal with anger. James 1.19, again, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And sometimes we need to resolve our past anger. Sometimes we need to really think about, you know, why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? Why don't I like that person? What is it about that uh, relationship or that company or that school or whatever that I just, I don't, that makes me so mad? So ask God to reveal any buried anger in your heart. Seek to determine the primary reasons for your past anger. And talk out your anger with God and with a friend or counselor. Psalm 38, 18. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Sometimes it's helpful to see a Christian counselor or maybe to talk out or pray about um, what hidden anger you might have going on that causes you to do what you do and to think the way that you think. So sometimes uh, when we're workaholics or uh, we're uh, hurting on the inside and smiling on the outside, we're impatient or irritable, but we deny it, maybe we have a form of hidden anger. So um, Colossians 3, 8, you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You know, it's possible that... Uh, Somebody is really angry when they don't seem angry. So they do a good job of hiding it. Sometimes people hold on to their anger and then eventually they reach a certain point where like a pressure cooker, they just blow. And uh, all that anger has just been accumulating and then it just comes down like an avalanche of snow. If we carry anger around, whether we know it or not, it can lead to all sorts of health problems. It can lead to emotional problems like bitterness or depression or phobias, or worry, or fear, can get in the way of our spiritual life, 
can give us a loss of perspective, allowing our emotions to distort our thinking, a loss of vision, losing a sense of purpose for our life, a loss of sensitivity, failing to hear the Spirit of God speaking to our hearts, a loss of energy, lacking strength for our service to God and others, a loss of freedom by becoming a prisoner of our circumstances, a loss of confidence, feeling insecure about our response to difficulties, a loss of faith, failing to trust God is working in your life, and a loss of identity, becoming the person toward whom we are bitter. That is such a strange thing to, to think about. Um, people who are angry at a certain person for something they did, and then eventually they do the same thing to other people. It's so weird that that happens sometimes. But we can control our anger if we focus on constraining our words, we can keep ourselves out of trouble if we control our tongue. We can keep ourselves uh, from digging a hole and a greater mess and having people angry at us if we are careful not to let words escape our mouth. Proverbs 12:18. some people make cutting remarks, but the word of the wise bring healing. Someone has said the quickest way to cut your own throat is with a sharp tongue and reckless words can hurt worse than physical blows. Proverbs 15.1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh word stirs up anger. A harsh word stirs up anger. So um, I read this, uh, st this illustration. It was kind of funny about our words getting back to us. It says the boss spoke harshly to one of his employees, making him mad. Arriving home, the employee had a nasty word for his wife. She yelled at the son. The son kicked the dog. In the yard, the dog bit the boss who had come to apologize for his harsh word. <laughs> so, pretty crazy. You got to be careful with what you say because sometimes even the way you say it can make people feel hurt. Sometimes um, the things that you don't say can make people feel hurt or angry. So, um, I don't know. If I've done anything to offend you or make you angry, I probably don't even realize it. So let me know so I can apologize. Consider the consequences of our angry outbursts and holding anger. We should ask ourselves, is it worth hurting someone else? Or what kind of example is this to my children? We should consider our Christian testimony um, and ask ourselves, do I want to act foolish? That's what we do when we lose our tempers. Galatians 5.19 says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Christ followers aren't supposed to be living lives that contain those things. That shouldn't be part of your life. If that's part of your life and you think nothing of it and the Holy Spirit's not convicting you, I would wonder if you're truly in Christ, if you're truly a Christ follower, if you can comfortably live in that kind of lifestyle doing those things and not even realize that it's wrong. Proverbs 29:11. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. You know, our culture tells us to vent our anger, to let it out, to hit a pillow, hit a wall, hit something, because you'll feel better. And that's not true at all. Actually, it might make you even feel worse. Or it might make you even uh, more likely to abuse somebody. Uh, first you hit the pillow, then you hit the wall, and now you're going to hit somebody. So um, we need to be careful not to lose our tempers. So... Um, 
Matter of fact, the Bible warns us in Proverbs about trying to reason with somebody that can't control their temper, with somebody that is angry, with somebody who is foolish. Proverbs 23.9, don't waste your breath on fools, for they will despise the wisest advice. So um, when we're following after Jesus, um, hopefully he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, sometimes we need to walk away um, for a bit and then come back. Uh, sometimes we just need to call a timeout and walk away. Sometimes we need to talk, count to 10 or 20 or 30 before we respond. Um, just so many times it's better to just not do something than to do something that you'll regret later. Matter of fact, it takes a lot less time to uh, say the right thing once than to say the wrong thing and then spend a lot of time trying to fix the damage. So control our responses. We can control our responses. Angry responses don't solve problems. They make them worse. When we get angry, our mouths and react, mouths and reaction go faster than our minds. Anger is temporary insanity. So stop and think before responding. So um, be careful. Romans 12, 21. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So anger is a choice. We get angry because we choose to, not because we have to. We must stop blaming people or events for our anger. It's not our parents, our spouses, our kids, our boss's fault. It's not the circumstances or the event that's causing our anger. It's our reaction that causes anger. So maybe today you can start attacking anger through prayer, to pray through it, to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything that's sinful, that's wrong, uh, that you need to forgive, that you need forgiveness for, that you um, have done, that you need to confess to the Lord and maybe even to other people, uh, things that are causing you to be angry with yourself or causing people to be angry at you or things that other people have done that you're just angry about. So and maybe the person that makes you the angriest isn't available to talk to, or maybe they've already died. Um, you can still give them. You can still forgive them even now. So, but uh, even praying something like, Lord, help me attack my anger beginning right now. Lord, help me to constrain my words, consider the consequences, and control my responses. So as we uh, think about anger, we need the Lord's help to transform us, to help us to conform to the image of Jesus, which means again, that we focus on um, in our anger, not sinning. So, all right, next week, Pastor Dan is gonna share, does Jesus really know me? That'll be the message next week, is does Jesus really know me? So um, again, thank you for supporting River Rock Church through your prayers. Uh, through your attendance to our outdoor services or our watch parties, depending on the weather. Uh, we still don't have a space large enough to meet for uh, a space large enough to meet that's we would consider COVID safe and uh, meet the needs of our church. So we have been putting stuff online like this pre-recorded video and meeting outside when that's possible or having watch parties. One of the watch parties was at our ministry center. So we had uh, two two TVs hooked up in different rooms uh, for the watch party. We're going to do all we can to keep going as a church and uh, keep pushing on even though we don't have a building. We're working on acquiring our own building. I heard from a pastor friend today that uh, their large building uh, was filled with uh, like less than 20 people the last Sunday. So uh, we don't know if the building is a solution, but we do know that Jesus has called us to uh, be the local body of Christ 
in our community to uh, lead people to Jesus and uh, help make disciples and that a building is a tool but the church is people and we are going to do all we can to keep uh, encouraging and growing and gathering and uh, it helps when you are um, giving when you give you help us to keep moving forward you help me to keep serving full-time to uh, keep being the pastor of river rock church so you can give to riverrockchurch.com on the screen it shows different ways you can give to river rock church uh, go to riverrockchurch.com slash give. We'd really like to hear your prayer requests and uh, praises, the things you're thankful to the Lord for at riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Uh, we've got some life groups and youth groups that are meeting, Bible quizzing. Uh, go to riverrockchurch.com slash groups. Uh, you can watch or listen to this. Uh, the more, more of these messages or share this, click on the link. If you go to our website, if you go to our website, you can click on the links to see our Facebook page, our Facebook group. And, uh, other social media places. But anyway, so I'm over time. I hope that uh, you'll come to our outdoor worship service. I think it's outdoor outdoor worship service, drive-in service. We post at 9 a.m. on Sunday where we're meeting and what we're doing based on the weather. So uh, I hope to see you in person this Sunday. That would be awesome. It would be an encouragement. Uh, let us know how we can pray for you and uh, let's find victory over our anger. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.